the comic book pit. Okay. season and you're like no you're like that march to war yeah is pretty cool i thought so i thought for i think sure it'll be were... in the second half mm-hmm. and then i've come to find out they stretched all the march to war into a whole half of a season and then looks like the next season will be all out war mm-hmm. so and then i thumbed through and uh, the most recent episode of the comic to see where it's at and i don't the, the comic's weird because the characters, by and large, don't have distinctive features. Like, there's two people with burns on their face, so I don't know which <laughs> one's who, who's Dwight. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that it's in black and white, either. Yeah, it doesn't help either. I mean, I, I Rick was obvious to pick out because he was forefront. Carl was, you know, no eyeball. Negan was there. I think Michonne was in it. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Eugene, but I don't know if he, they showed him in the pages because I didn't see anybody... And he chunks with a mullet, which I don't know if that's what he looks like in the comic. Yeah, pretty much. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's like the the characters that are in the show aren't. They don't like uh, after you get past Rick, Carl, and Michonne, and and weirdly Eugene, like don't match up with the, you know, and Negan, like they don't match up with the comic at, at that point. Like, because I think, um, like. I feel like Andrea is still around. Yeah, I saw that name. They, I'm like Andrea. Like they killed her off seasons yeah. oh, ago. Oh, uh, Maggie is still around um, in both, but okay. like you know, um, obviously there there is no Daryl at all. Right. Um, Carol in the TV show versus Carol in the comic. Carol in the comic died like I think back at the prison. Um. And and she wasn't nearly like the character that she is in the show. Like, she was never Scarol. No, like, like in the comic, she was just like she was pretty much cannon fodder. Okay. Like you're just pretty much she was one of the people like you're waiting for to die. Which, to be fair, in the show, like yeah. after like I kept waiting. I'm like, okay, eventually this this chick's gonna bite it. Like I skipped. I never saw. I guess was it season three or four? The, the prison season. I never saw any of those episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it was season so, three. So from when I last saw it, which was the farm, like they opened the barn and Carol's daughter comes marching out all zombified, mm-hmm. to I guess the finale of season four, I don't know. What, what, it was like 2014. I watched an episode where Rick bit some guy's throat out. It was a season finale, I think. 
that the season four finale? That might have been. Um, yeah, it's it it, it kind of all blend. It, it, it yeah. starts to all blend anyway, together. But so the last time I saw it, Carol was kind of this mousy, uh, getting over being an abused wife. Uh, her daughter's a zombie, and she's all like cuckoo. And then next time I see her, she's like all ramboed out in the woods, like blowing up propane tanks and rescuing the gang. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's when she. Yeah, that was definitely season four, because that was after like the the prison had fallen to the um under the uh, under the governor's attack. Um, yeah, that was season. Yeah, because he came back. Um. But yeah, because her her evolution definitely like season three is when she like she started to, to turn into more of the like competent, yeah. you know, not afraid okay. of anything type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, from season four on, that's when she just went like full blown like badass. Yes. So so yeah, that was kind of a, a jolt for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like this past season, overall was kind of a dud. Um, I, I, it, I don't know. I've always said I like it better when they're the ones that are laying the smacks down, not yeah. getting smacked down. And so it was a lot of them being on the wrong end of the stick. Um, I would have liked, I mean, I understand that what I saw was pretty much a setup for next season. But for this, for this season, I would like to have seen a few. I understand that you can't kill all the bad guys, and I understand that Negan probably won't get killed anyways because he's still around in the comics. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny because in this like comic I just was flipping through this week, he, they're like he's teamed up with Rick. So I was like, I could see this in the show. Like I could see like a turn. Like, I could be down with that. Um, so I get that you can't kill everybody. I'd like to have seen like one or two. Yeah, that's the, the thing. It, it, like it, mid-level bosses bite it. Yeah, it was like the satisfaction. They, you know, they they kept they, they called it a win, but at the same time, it's like all the, all you did was just scare him off. Like yeah. he, he wasn't dealt a blow. You know, like, I mean, he killed a bunch of extras. It was almost like yeah, it was more like he was embarrassed. He wasn't like hurt. Yeah. You know, he didn't yeah. really they didn't really hurt the saviors. I mean, yeah, they they killed off some of them, but. You know, at the end of the episode, he's like, okay, we're going to war, and it pans mm-hmm. back, and there's got to be, like, 100 people there. Yeah. So. And meanwhile, the. So are they called the survivors in the comics? The Rick Rick gang? Um, I don't know if they have. I saw an ad for a video game that called them the survivors. Oh, uh, maybe. Um. I don't know. I mean, rate, like, like I, in the show, they're—I think they're referred to as like the Alexandria. Alexandria, yeah, yeah, but, Alexandria. But I mean, um, in the comic, like um, Alexandria hasn't existed for like fifty issues or something, like because that fell in the comic. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're referred to. Well, for the sake of this conversation, we'll keep it in show jargon. Yeah. So Alexandria. I mean, um, where's even going with this? Um, so it's like them, Hilltop, and Kingdom. And they're going to have to hire some extras because it seems rather, like, weak. <laughs> like, there's not, mm-hmm. a, not a lot of players on their, feet, on their roster, it seems like. 
Uh, I'm assuming that the uh, lady camp will probably get involved. Oh, the um, o- Oceanside? Oceanside. Is that what yeah. they were called? Yeah, Oceanside. Yeah. Not lady camp. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a USA up all night movie back in the <laughs> early 90s. Um, yeah, because I don't think I, I think that's one of the things that was different from the comic. I don't think Oceanside existed. Okay. In the in the book, oh, but I don't think the um, the scavengers did either. I don't like Who those the guys. Scavenger. Oh yeah, they're the weirdos in the dump <clears throat> in the dump. That's all yeah. fun. Nobody likes them. They called them like the like, hip like the hipsters because they're like dumpster diving and they ride bikes. But why do they talk weird? I don't know. That's it's like it's obnoxious. It's only been two years since the apocalypse started. Like not yeah. fifty. Like, you didn't talk right when things were good. Like that your haircut's all weird. Yeah. Like, I, what's happened? You live in a dump? Yeah. I don't some sense. Don't like those guys. That fucking kid lost his eyeball. He still keeps it together. <laughs> I know, he that he he's like super normal compared to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. He's like presidential compared to you. Uh, bangs. <laughs> bangs. I can't take credit for that. That's Susan's nickname for her. Like when she occasionally looks up and she's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Hon. They just showed up. It's like, I don't know what they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, but, I uh, think I, I think that was everyone's uh, everyone's reaction. Like, what? Who's that? Yeah. Oh, and then uh, it's funny. It looks like they recycled the shot of the tiger attacking. <laughs> like, we have enough in the budget to CGI the tiger leaping from the right to the left and mauling a person. <laughs> Just keep repeating it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and, and and this is this is nitpicky, but you know, I I either heard or read somewhere like, and I think this is someone else nitpicking the walking dead but like tigers eat like 50 pounds worth of food a day or something like that oh yeah i mean they eat like a phenomenal amount of food so the idea that they're keeping this tiger alive is completely ridiculous because like there is no way there's enough food to you know to feed this tiger every day <laughs> unless they're feeding it like you know zombies could it eat walkers I don't know. I, I mean, they're feeding uh, walkers to the pigs. Yeah, that's true. But but pigs are like used to eating like garbage. Yeah, maybe a cat would when it's still a cat. Yeah, but that's okay. It's it's <laughs> that that's that's the part of the uncanny valley we can't cross. <laughs> it's like hold up, the the armies of dead people walking surviving. In zombies, fine. I'm, I'm going with you there. But this guy keeping a tiger? Like, get out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I've completely, like, I can't buy it. I'm too detached from this now. <laughs> Might as well just show the catering truck in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then uh, the other thing that, um, that I, always makes me laugh is it's like, 
who's watching the baby? Like, there's a baby in it. Like, I think people forget that there's a baby on this yeah. show that just yeah, appears and disappears. That baby's raising itself. And the baby got big, like, out of nowhere, too. I'm surprised that baby's... I mean, that, that developmentally, that baby's going to be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe it'd be the... Because the ba- baby was killed in the comic, right? Judith, there was no... She died right. like, when um, yeah, when the mother the... died. Yes. Lori. Bam. I remember the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, it's funny. At the time, I was like, oh my god, that's horrible. But then... From a storytelling point of view, it's like, oh man, I'm so glad. You know, Kirkman's probably really glad he killed off the baby because then, because it's like then you got to tell stories about a baby, basically. Yeah. Like, and it, it, you know, there's certain things you can get away with and certain things you can't. And I, I mean, if if you have a a baby, that just complicates all your stories. Because yeah, people... well, that's why a TV show is just like, oh yeah, occasionally the. Oh look, the baby. Yeah, and it's funny because they, like the the choices they made. So like in the comic, they 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 killed the baby and they cut off Rick's hand, and then, which makes telling a story, you know, from Kirkman's perspective, and she's admitted that sometimes it's hard to write Rick because he's only got one hand, but. You know, but then in the show they let Rick keep his hand, but they keep the baby too. Which it's like, okay, do you guys just forget that you've got a baby character that we never see? Yes. And the answer to the first part of your question, no. <laughs> we're aware that you never see it. That's by design. Yeah, it's just no one asked about the baby. No, no one. It's like. <laughs> We just forget she's, you know, is there like a baby bunker that anytime like they think, you know, Alexandria is going to get attacked, they just yeah. throw her in the bunker. And one of these days the baby's going to like just pop up and uh, uh, regulate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd um, be funny. And then like the baby just they're killing walkers too. <laughs> As a, a baby. She's going to start blowing people away. Um, well, do you want to get started and we'll, and Duke said he'll, I um... figured we did. I figured this is oh. the longest cold open in the history of the show. Well, so to give a, a proper introduction, this has been, this is comic book pit episode 249. Uh, the, uh, slow march to 250. We're almost there. Yeah. And the, the penultimate episode before the anniversary episode. Yeah. And, and, and we've got, uh, <laughs> sure. Talking a little bit, I don't think we've finalized anything by any stretch of the imagination, but we've uh, we've had talks about doing like a, a live episode amongst the four of us, so maybe that'll happen at some point. But you know, we're all busy, so we'll see what we can do. Um, by way of introduction, of course, I'm Dan. I'm Jared, and Scott should be joining us shortly. Uh, he is running late. Such is the life of a uh, of a male escort, but you know, but he'll be here soon. Um, so we've um, so yeah, so we've we've kind of talked about the Walking Dead a little bit, um, kind of sh- uh, shifting gears a little bit back to the real world. 
Um, I figured since it's only a couple days away, you might want to pimp uh, picks a little bit. Picks, the Pittsburgh Indie Comics Expo. Yes, the very same. Is uh, Sunday, April 9th, uh, downtown Pittsburgh at the August Wilson Center uh, from 10 to 6. Uh, it should be exciting. I'm very. I'm looking forward to it. Um, first time in the new venue, um, so I have no idea what that's going to hold. So there's all sorts of uh, excitement to look forward to there. Um, there's a lot of local guests this year. Uh, Jim Rugg is a guest. We have the new Street Angel book. Ed Fisker is a guest. He's got an exhibit at the Toonsium. Uh, so a bunch of other folks you can go to pixcomics.org and see the whole shebang. Um, but it's exciting because this is the first time that the paneling, well, not the first time, first time in Volume 2's existence um, of picks, the one that we helped usher in, Dan, mm. on this very program. Um, it's the first time that the programming is running concurrent. The programming will run will be held across the street in the Toonsy, which is sweet because it is literally across the street from each other. And then around the block, uh, Juan Fernandez, Frank Santoro will be holding their comics workshop uh, classes, seminars, salons, what have you. So there's plenty to do, uh, and it is free. Um, there's also that that I don't know how to say it, the Tekakoshin or Tekoshikon. That's it. Is around the corner. So if you're so inclined, you probably already knew that. But if you're there, swing on by picks. It's free. Yeah. And it's a ton of indie artists, a lot of new names this year. That's one thing that's been cool about picks has been um, it's not just like a repeat of the same old. It's a lot of new names every year. And uh, it just seems to be growing a little bit. I can't tell if there's more or not this year. I feel I – I just know it's a bunch of new names that I haven't seen before. And I'm uh, really anxious to see what this new venue holds for us and how that goes. And hopefully it goes well. And it'd be nice to have it in – there'd be a Comic-Con in downtown Pittsburgh proper. Yeah, I think I'm, – I'm excited, like, for all the same reasons that you just mentioned, just the the programming, the guests, the location. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, and it's kind of a – not it's a reason not really related to the show itself, but I think it makes it easier for people. Is uh, parking is free on Sundays on the streets, uh, streets of yes. downtown Pittsburgh, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. Yes. Now the availability of said parking is anyone's guess, but if not, there's I mean excuse me municipal parking deck that is very reasonably priced, just right down the block block away. So. Yeah, there's plenty of options. There's always options for parking. So, and it's supposed to be nice out. It's supposed to be in the 70s from what I'm hearing. So, good weather. You can come out, check out some comics. If you're going to the pirate game, you can swing by before or swing by after. Come find me. We can talk about said pirate game. <laughs> yeah. Springtime in Pittsburgh, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful time for baseball and comics. Yes, and unpredictable weather. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I, I read it's supposed to. We're supposed to get some snow on Friday. <laughs> yes, they're talking about it possibly being snowy 
on Friday, and then it's going to be like 70 on Sunday. And it was about like 70 on Tuesday. And right. So that's our weather anymore. It's, it's almost as if the climate has changed. Oh, that, that's, um, just, that's just crazy talk. It's a myth. It's a Chinese myth. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, these swings are bizarre. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, and then, yeah, so we'll find out again. Um, there's a lot of, uh, inter- what else is going on with picks? Saturday night at the Toonsium. Uh, there is an opening for an Pisco exhibit. I think I may have mentioned that he's having one, but Saturday night is the grand opening between seven and ten. So I'll promote that as well. Um, yeah, I've I've been seeing some pictures online and on the social media sites that little, some a few previews of of Ed's exhibit, and it looks like there's going to be no shortage of great things to look at. I mean, yeah. they've got some. I mean. The walls are just covered with his art, which, I mean, big yeah. surprise. I mean, he's he's such a prolific creator. I mean, the guy is always working. I've been hearing about this exhibit um, for the past couple of months. And, yeah, it was pretty much like every square inch he was trying to cover of the Toonsam. So it'll be curious. I'm curious to see exactly what it's like and check it out. And I don't know. Hopefully I can go. Sometime this weekend, maybe get a sneak peek real early in the morning. Because as part of my duties of being a uh, helper, because I also have to be there the crack of dawn Sunday morning to help set up tables and that. So, fun times. But it's worth it. I'm. A, it's always uh, It's always exciting. It's always fun. It, I didn't get too obnoxious. Normally, there's that one little phase where I just want to pull my hair out. <laughs> Um, it wasn't that bad this year, so that's good. And I, I feel like that's a normal phase whenever you're planning any kind of event. You know, it, it always hits its uh, busy point. Right. And, uh, it's fourth time through, so yeah, this this machine kind of is almost fully automated. With yeah. my love for automation, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I have theories that try and like, how much of this can I do with just like a single click? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, it's got, it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, cool. As, I would say, as we are getting on 250, and I reflect back on at least my history with this program, that's probably, if not the one of my proudest moments of this podcast is when that episode, when we had that idea, <laughs> and then through twists of fate, turned it into a reality. Yeah, I'm. I, you've you've mentioned that a f- couple of times, and I. And every time you mention it, I keep meaning to go back and listen to that episode again, just to see how the, you know, how the conversation evolved into what it is today. Yeah. And it, it would be worthwhile, especially with the, uh, the milestone occurring next episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find it. I'm trying to remember when it, well, it was like April of 13, I'm going to say. Because yeah, it's been sounds about right. Because this is yeah, this yeah. is the third. Is this the third fourth. or fourth? This is the fourth. fourth. Yeah, since the since it it's since picks returned. This has been yeah the fourth uh, fourth time around. Now were the the first were the first three were they all at the uh, the teachers union building? Yes. Was, okay. For some reason, yes, I thought one were. of them was was somewhere else, but they were all no. The, uh, yeah, the first three which. A blur to me that there's been three already, the mm-hmm. one that the fourth one's occurring. 
first three were all at that teacher's um, whatever building mm-hmm. in the south. They were in the south side, and then the first two, the volume one of it, you know, the 2010, were at the uh, storage locker. Yeah, that was at the the, the strip. Yeah, the Guardian Storage Facility. That those were the first ones I that I went to and as a as an exhibitor. Yeah, I was at those two, and I didn't know anybody then. And it's weird to look at pictures and see everybody like in the background. And I, uh, well, I, re- I I remember where you were because you were kind of across from like across the caddy corner from like Dave Wachter and Seth and Sean. I was I was um here it is Dan episode one twenty two from March thirty first of twenty thirteen. Um. Yeah, I was directly across from Sean, and I mm-hmm. remember staring at his banner and being like, what is that? <laughs> um, and talking to him briefly, and then, uh, like, both picks, I was across from Sean. And then it was, oh, and then while we're strolling down memory lane, according to Facebook, five years ago today was the Minicon over in Garfield. I saw that, because I, I, I had some of the same memories pop up. I Which for- is where... I forgot about that one. Which is the one when I was like, I'm instead of just like sitting to myself and doodling and just looking across the aisle at people, I'm going to talk to people. <laughs> and that's where I, I came out of my shell and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I look back on that. There was, a, I remember it was, so it was April 5th of 12. I went to the Pirates home opener and then went to the Minicon. I wore shorts and t-shirts <laughs> to a, to that opening day. Oh my. And then it's been like cold and snowy every opening day since. <laughs> so that, that just like, what the hell was that one day? 2012 was the anomaly. That, was, since. that was a scorcher of a year. Wow. It, it's, it's really, it's, it's fun to see how far we've come since that point, you know? Indeed. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's I can't believe it's been five years. That's what kills me. Like that's a round number, five years. Mm-hmm. Yes, it so is. it's um, it's certainly interesting. But yes, yeah, so there it is, episode one twenty two. I'm going to download it. Okay, one twenty two. I have to remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so to to switch gears again, because we didn't we didn't record last week. Um, and I feel like that's kind of when these two things hit, but I still wanted to talk about it or just, you know, just bat these things around as we do. So a couple of trailers came out last week. Yes. Justice League and Spider-Man Homecoming. I want to, I want to drop a bomb on you, Dan. And this probably, you might not expect this, or maybe you did see this. I watched both, both with bated breath. Okay. Um, and I found myself more excited by the Justice League trailer. Hmm, okay. The Justice League trailer, I watched that like five times. Spider-Man, I watched like two, maybe three. And I was kind of, on on a, the repeat viewings of Spider-Man, I was like, I'm good. Like, I get it. Like, I really didn't want to re-watch it. Um, I think because 
the newness. Like the Justice League is like first time seeing these characters in any iteration. Sure. In in a movie, so I'm thinking it's it was more of the novelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, um, probably like the first time we ever saw the Avengers trailer. Yes. Like, um, now Spider-Man: Homecoming, as cool as it looks, I'm like, eh. I, like I said, notice on the second view, I was like, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to watch this like five times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, the two I watched, or three, I forget now, were adequate, and then I'll just wait for the movie. Mm-hmm. Or watch, you know, whatever, if they put something new out between now and then, I'll, I'll watch that, of course. But, but yeah, I did find myself just a little more anxious for Justice League. But don't get me wrong, I'll be there opening day for both of them. Um, mm-hmm. There's, but I can, I could speak volumes about both. Um, Justice League, I, like I said, I, Sp- I'll go Spider Man. Spider Man, I like what they're doing with it. It, it feels very fresh. Yeah, I agree. Something that's so, you know, on the third big screen iteration in the last 15 years, um, it still, it feels very fresh. It feels like they finally got it right. Yes. And uh, I think my favorite, the, the one that made me laugh, like, every time is when his friend tries on the costume. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a chunky dude, and it's just, like, all stretched out in his face. He's like, badass. Like, that makes me laugh. And then I like that, like, you're the Spider-Man from YouTube. Like, I, don't, I think the way that they've uh, made it contemporary mm-hmm. is part of it as well. Which, for I mean, that's kind of always been Marvel's thing. Marvel's always supposed to take place in the real world and be reflective of our real world. And with this, they really seem to have hit the head on the nail. And uh, Michael Keaton seems badass. I can't think I've ever seen him as a villain. Do you? No. Nothing that... Um, nothing that really comes to mind. No, but he he plays it well. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's really I mean he, I've I've always liked Michael Keaton from his beginnings in like comedy movies and stuff. But mm-hmm. over the years, he's really evolved into you know a, a pretty terrific actor. Um, you know, the from a couple of years ago, the Birdman movie was you know was really I mean he was amazing in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it just he was also recently in that I forget what it was called, but it was the the story of the the guy basically like the, like the guy who founded McDonald's or who, oh yeah the founder yeah the founder there you go um, I didn't see that one but my uh, my mom and my sister saw it and they really liked it and they it was funny because the way they described it was like wow he was a real jerk so maybe he did play a bad guy in that you know yeah um. So, my uh, I, I I feel pretty much the same way about the Spider-Man trailer. Um, I was really excited for it. I didn't want to watch it too many times because I. So, <laughs> okay, so it, it does feel like a two and a half minute version of the movie. Yeah. So I think both trailers suffer from the same but opposite problems. I think the. Spider-Man trailer showed way too much, and I think the Justice League trailer it it moves everything moves so fast, and it was so dark I couldn't really tell what the hell was going on. Like I, <laughs> at some points, I felt like I was watching a trailer for a video game because it was just the it, the, the it action is, was yes. so so kinetic, and I mean yeah, there's lots of cool stuff going on. But, like, we never really got a good look at, which 
I assume, I think correctly, are the uh, parademons. Right. Um, There's no... Like, half the time I couldn't tell, like, are they fighting in the ruins of a city? Are they in the mountains? Are they... (laughs) Because it was so dark, and everything just looks like rubble. I agree with you. It's dark, everything looks like rubble, and it's very much a... It looks like they're against a green screen. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if it's all done yet, so that may be part of it, too. I'm gonna pause um, for just a moment. I'm gonna bring yes. I'm gonna bring Scott in. Hey, what's up? All right, Duke. Hey, oh. Real right. quick. All right. Skip. Tell me where we're at. Justice League trailer, Spider-Man trailer. Go. I haven't watched either one. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my. Well, uh, right, watch them now. We are. We right, are. In, hold on. Sheer live reaction. I didn't, know there, I didn't know there was homework. And we are in the middle of the show, so we're just going. But um, yeah, do it. Talk about it. I don't, you really haven't yeah, watched either trailer. I, you know what? I'm there. Hmm. I, I already know there are movies I'm gonna watch, so I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to spoil it too much. Like by. Well, then don't watch the Spider-Man trailer. <laughs> Well, that's what we were saying. Pretty that much the, get the feeling of all three acts within that trailer. Yeah, they oh, okay. they they show too much in the Spider-Man trailer, and not quite enough in the Justice League trailer. Yeah. Okay. The Justice League trailer is just a bunch of like kinetic clips that show you a bunch of like awesome shots that you didn't know you wanted to see. <laughs> well, it, it it goes from like super slow motion, awesome action pose to you know, like all this crazy action that you can't tell what's going on. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh, man. What, uh, I'm trying to remember if, was it Justice League's the one, did they add music to it? Like there's like a musical what? track track that goes with it, or am I wrong? Well, there was, there was, I, I a, there was music in it. There was a, a, like a rock version of the Beatles come together. Okay. But that was kind of it. Okay, I think that's musical. What... No, somebody was saying that it worked. That it it had a '90s rock song attached to it, but no, that might not well, be the one. It that might have might sounded not be the right movie. Might not have. No, because yeah. it's because um, um, Icky Thumb seems to be the Justice League theme song by the White Stripes. That's the one. And there, yeah, which is not '90s. My coworkers are dumb. If they're listening, <laughs> I'm shaming them for their ignorance. They, they um, need to be shamed. And then, uh, yeah, like a, mo- a contemporary, twice I've, in this episode I've used that word, uh, <laughs> rendition of Come Together by the Beatles. Okay. All right, let's see. Live reaction of the Justice League trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's a two and a half minutes, though. Are you watching it now? I, I have it on. Was it really that long? It didn't feel like it was sing. that long. No, it it it, it, it it's chock full of stuff. I guess it's because again, like it moves so fast. I it, for me, it it went faster than Spider Man. Whereas Spider Man, it's like they actually in the trailer they had the action scenes, but then they had like the moments between characters that you got to, yeah. you know, they fleshed out the the relationships a little more in that trailer or the short version of the movie, as we like to call it. The cliff notes. Yeah, the cliff notes. Seriously. Oh, they're cyborg. Yeah. Like, it, ooh. They they keep saying. Oh, see, uh, this is great. We're getting like live reaction from the Duke. 
Ben Affleck. The Flash. They, ben Affleck. They keep saying that, like, oh, the, the the Justice League trailer is, you know, infused some humor, and I I kind of see it, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't great. It wasn't that funny. No, it's it's not uh, belly, you know, buster. I think because uh, it's the like Flash is very light. They told a joke, so now they're consi- now they're saying, oh, now the 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 DC movies are are going to have a lighter yeah. tone. Like I do, uh, like yeah, the Ben Affleck's line where, where the Flash like, "What's your superpower?" And he says, "I'm rich." <laughs> yeah. But but um, and I kind of called this a while ago. I feel like it vindicated. I thought that Aquaman was going to be their Thor, and that does seem to be the impression oh, okay. getting in the trailer. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, I could watch Gal Gal Gadot all day. Oh, and did you notice that Billy Crudup is um, Henry Allen? Yeah. Oh, okay. Another Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in, yeah he's 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 credited in the the upcoming Flash movie, so I guess he's going to be in that as well. Yeah, he's yeah Aquaman is totally Superman in this trailer. Wow. Or Thor. I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah Thor. But yeah, he he is like he he well, just he, did like a. Like he did, like the Captain Morgan stance when he met Batman. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he, well, he's like he's like heavy metal Thor. Yeah, because he's because <laughs> he's you know drinking and riding on the Batmobile, like yelling. He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like, kind of like. Do you, oh you ever God. watch Batman: Brave and the Bold? I love that. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. Okay, remember their uh, portrayal of Aquaman? Like yeah. it's kind of it's it's kind of got an air of that. So there's like there's I'm trying to say is there's precedent. Well, he was but more on like that. He was more of, like uh, this is like, like a younger version when he was still wild and crazy. Yeah, that was the settled down Arthur Curry. <laughs> he showed them oats. He didn't have anything to prove anymore. This this Aquaman's got things to prove. Yeah. Well, this movie's got things to prove. We're, we're, uh... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things to prove. Yeah, so. we'll see. Oh, okay. yeah, I mean, I'd still watch Spider-Man, but if you don't want to be spoiled, then don't watch it. Well, I'm watching it. I just started it. I, I'm already... I already don't like the suit that body hugs him. I do you know, like... Um, th- that's just CGI to me. Like, I don't like... I don't like when it's like... Uh, you know, like, remember back in the... Or, Keaton Batman, and mm-hmm. the and the shield went up around the car. Yeah, that's when it started with me. That I was uh, like, I don't like that. I don't like I don't like where things come out of nowhere, you know, and and like suits just zip on like that. Like no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it seems like a, after the first well, Iron Man movie. Oh, speaking of uh, Michael Keaton, though. After the first Iron Man movie, that's pretty much how how all of his armor. Oh on, yeah! Like just he he's he like he pulls out like a, you know, like yeah, a, a briefcase and yeah, he pulls out something super small like out of his pocket and all of a sudden he's covered in you yeah four hundred pounds of armor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like how when he's in Queens he's like webbing from treetop to treetop. <laughs> oh, let me ask you a question. Okay, you saw that little like deli that corner convenience store that got blown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Is that the same one from Luke Cage that got blown up? Or was it Daredevil? <laughs> oh, it, and, uh, it was Luke Cage. Yeah, is that, that was is the it, that was the little Chinese deli or yeah. whatever. That was where it, he. It looks like the same. Uh, that was a restaurant. That was um. You, well, no. Well, are you, t- are you talking about the Chinese restaurant he lived above? Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's someone what shot a rocket into it. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Cottonmouth. See, I'm up to date on that stuff, mostly. It's only a year old. That's not bad, dude. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there. But um, I, I just, it looked like the same location. I don't know. Here, here's, another, here's another funny one. Um, Spider-Man jumps a helicopter. And didn't Triple uh, X do that already? You know, Vin Diesel, didn't he already cover that? Scott, if you've got to live your life by jumping. trying to top Triple X, then you, gotta, <laughs> you can't. Wow. It's yeah. <laughs> I do like the uh, logo drone from the uh, yeah. his, his Scott, what's next uh, in, in a, a comparison to Independence Day or something? Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on now. Let's go. That's, that, that's very Air Force <laughs> One at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, I don't know, um... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure Spider-Man's going to be good, but yeah, I just, you know, some some of the CGI stuff gets like it, it does get tiresome sometimes. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, it looks cool. Well, you, you know, to to speak to that, so I don't know um, if you earlier this week I was I was rewatching Civil War, and there's a scene towards the end where he's where Tony Stark is in one of his helicopters, and and he literally he puts his fingertip on this console, and the armor starts at his fingertip and starts like going up around him. <laughs> and you know it's kind of it's like okay whatever it's a comic book movie but but I think it's yeah. the same thing it's like how does that how does that work? Yeah, see, uh, there was even like remember a couple of the concepts in the comics where um, Tony had it. In his skin. Oh, that was I think. the that was the extremist. Extremist, and then line. the other That's Iron Man three, and then the mm-hmm. other one was. Yeah, but they didn't do that, did they? Yeah, they, they did. Like, they they didn't have armor coming out of it. Yeah, but they and then they also did the um, cloud, which I guess his armor followed him around in some kind of metallic cloud. <laughs> in one one uh, no, instance, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, I was. I, that's pretty much when I was like, I, I can't read Iron Man. You know, I, I miss the I miss the old days when Tony Stark used to carry his armor around in a briefcase. Yeah. See, I can buy into that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just you know, it's just all folded up nice and you know, but it's still um, you know, it's, the same. It's mass. like he he opens it up like a like a like a <laughs> sun, like a sunscreen for a car. You know, like a yeah. sun visor. <laughs> Folds open like an accordion. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so moving on. Um, uh, I don't know. Are we ready to talk some comics? I know Duke, you're kind of coming in late. We already yeah, let's do yeah. it. We already kind of talked about The Walking Dead, so we're not gonna go back. No, you don't need to. Okay. Yeah, that was that's fine. <laughs> well, okay. Well, l- l- let's just do this, Duke. Um, uh, he's like, all right, but you're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Uh, no, five star rating. What's your rating uh, of the finale? Of the finale? Yeah, out of five. Uh, three? That sounds about that's right. Fair. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of where, where we're all at. 
All right, here, here's I gotta say this much. Go ahead, give me your bullet and, points. Huh. Okay. This is my my big my big uh, yeah thirty second bullet whatever. Um, my problem with The Walking Dead now is that they are trying to write it towards superhero concepts instead of horror concepts. That everything is a big reveal, you know, like um, Sasha, um, the tiger, and you know Rick you know, at, you know, with the gun, you know, he's like, oh, do it, you know, with Carl. And, you know, it's like this big, you know, two-page splash scene mm-hmm. um, that they keep writing towards. And I'm like, why do they, why do they keep doing that? Like, why can't they just write, don't, don't write it for the moments, like write it for the, for the whole episode, In which it seems like they just work everything out of like the whole thing with Sasha, they work the whole front end of this of the episode to work towards that moment. And it's like, like, just make it natural. You know, like, like when it's a horror movie, you don't see stuff like that coming, but it's like, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, with her, uh, you know, with pill and everything. I was like, uh, you know, like I would, I just was like, this isn't, um, you know, going to get a reaction out of me. So, yeah, I mean, that's my main that there it is right there so yeah her her death didn't didn't shock or surprise me mostly because i knew she was leaving the show because like oh two, yeah two months ago they announced that she was going to be on the new star trek series yeah so it's like oh okay well yeah gee, i wonder what's yeah. going to happen yeah yeah there wasn't much in that episode that was surprising no um, and I think that's what it was for me. And then, like, the fact that everybody showed up at the end, it was another one of those, like, hey, we're all family, we all showed up, even though you told us not to. Mm-hmm. But I would have, but at the same time, that's all, that's everybody, that's their whole force. And they barely drove back the Saviors then. You know, I mean, the Saviors could just come back right now with all their guys and wipe them out. Pretty much. But, but they won't, you know, like they'll do some other convoluted thing about, you know, Negan will have some crazy logic that, you know, well, we can't go right to the front door, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, why not <laughs> just drive a truck through their wall? <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to, we'll have but, to uh, wait, wait about six months yeah, to see what happens next. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, October, we can be underwhelmed by it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, well, I think we're all, I think the fans are already underwhelmed because I just read today that this finale was the lowest rated finale of the entire series. Uh, well, they lost a lot of viewers after the Glenn thing. I mean, yeah. a lot of people were really put off by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was, yeah. and it was so, kind I mean, of just a, like this, the season as a whole was just probably like one of the weakest seasons yeah, of the series, it was. The other the other moment that got me thinking about this whole superhero moment thing is when Michonne thought Rick died, and of course he's just hiding in a box. Um, you know, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And, uh, oh. And then that... Rick throws to the sword, and the sword, you know, it's like, boom, you know, sword in the air. She slashes, bam, she's back, and it's like that's a panel, like that's a mm-hmm. that's a. You know, well, and and, and then they spread kind of thing. And then, in in the in the finale, they 
they flipped it on. They flipped it around to where the, Rick thought Michonne died, because yeah, he, and... he knew she was she was a sniper up there, and then she heard, you know, he heard a woman scream and fall to her death. Yeah, so that was dumb too. <laughs> and then uh, everything oh, and is then, dumb. Um, and then Rick got shot in the hip, but he wasn't in the hospital bed at the end. Like no, Michonne, yeah. you know, Michonne mm-hmm. got in a fight, and it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But he was like walking around with a, you know, with a shot through the hip. It was just a flesh wound. Yeah, yeah. apparently. In and so, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, he, he he can't he you know after his son lost an eye, I think that pretty much like Carl raised the bar for injuries. Yeah. <laughs> so like Rick Rick now has to take a bullet and just like be like, eh, okay, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm fine. My, my son's yeah. walking around like a cyclops. I can't really complain. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. okay. well, on the topic of disappointment. Oh, okay. I saw oh, some transition I, here. I you picked up a comic okay. book the other week um, that I thought that I, that I had read was, like, good and was something to read and something to check out. And it did feature a Mike Allred cover, so if I needed oh. any more incentive, it was all there. I picked up Booster Gold meets the Flintstones. There you go. Um, it might as well just been Booster Gold. And with a cameo by some cave. Oh, really? That just so happened to look like the Flintstones. Aw. So normally you would think, okay, a crossover would be like, okay, so you have Booster Gold, fine. You have the Flintstones. You introduce the Flintstones, you introduce the world, you introduce Booster Gold to the world. I think the typical rules of such a crossover would be Booster Gold helps the Flintstones with their, you know, predicament. And in turn, the Flintstones help Booster Gold with his. Okay. No. This was, no. This was a Booster Gold story, just through and through. And that the Flintstones were there, and it didn't even need to be the Flintstones. It could have just been a caveman. So Booster Gold is in, like, the, his future, his present, you know, the 2400s or whatever he's from. Um, I can't remember how he ends up going back in time. Oh, there's an alien invasion, and he decides to go back to, like the past when these aliens have supposedly made their first contact. Yeah. He goes back in time. Um, in typical booster fashion, he flubs it. And it turns out that he's the reason the aliens came back in his present day to invade because of his mistake he made when he traveled back. Um, his time, whatever machine, but breaks down. And like Fred Flintstone takes him to Barney Rubble. Barney was like, I can't help with this. They take him to some scientists. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. so you do, why? It's, it's like these. You don't even have the Flintstones. Like, there's no setup of the Flintstones, and then so like they just hand it off. Yeah. yeah, and then like they do get sucked into the future and the Flintstones and uh, Wilma. Like, so Barney, Wilma, and Fred all get sucked into the future, and they're just there. They're just there, barely commenting. Huh. And I'm like, this is like this is weak. Huh. This is weak. Like this is. And this was five dollars. I paid five dollars. That's for a bummer because Booster Gold. If I get Booster Gold meets the Flintstones, I told you what I wanted to see. So Booster Gold ends up back in the time. Fine, I'm with you there. When he's there, he he integrates into the Flintstones world, and you see the Flintstones world, and you understand their dynamic, and you get to know those characters. And then you know Fred's got some B plot that Booster Gold helps him out. Fine, you know, and there was that like odd like Fred's like I don't like you because you're weird. So, fine, you can even keep that, 
And then, like, so Booster helps Fred get out of whatever with the Bison Club. I don't even know what they do in these Flintstones comics these days. It's irrelevant. And then it turns around and, like, the Flintstones help Booster get to the past. And they're like, hey, buddy. And, you know, and they shake hands and, like, Iris out. That's that's how it's done. This was just like a Booster Gold story featuring cave people. And it, you call it, it's called Booster Gold meets the Flintstones. It's just false advertising. It's just hmm. circumstantial. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely. Uh, and then there was a Jetsons backup story that was just weird, where it's like um, Judy Jetson with George's mother, who's a high, she's 124 years old and like in hospice, and she's like, my body's failing, I don't want to live anymore. And then, long story short, she uploads her consciousness into a robot that turns out to be Rosie the maid. <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is this is weird. Like I. And, and so okay, so if we're telling me that the, the maid has been George's mother, her conscious uploaded into a robot this whole time, like the cartoon we watched as children was George's mother as their maid, and like the whole Mister J, like that that, that doesn't even make sense. It <laughs> doesn't even make sense. Like these things are like half baked and ill thought out. So I understand that DC's doing some weird like, hey, people in your fifties, I guess like relive your childhood remember these from when you were kids because that's we all watched it and it was like this shit was old when we watched it i mean it, <laughs> so I, I don't know who it's playing to i don't know who is like you know i really like the flintstones but i'd like to see it with some edge or uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that judgment was fine but you know what would make it better some edge like, who, <laughs> who asked for this so and then they execute it so poorly the boot is like i don't know i mean i, I just I was disappointed. I read this. And I was like, Is it, are you kidding me? Like this, I just couldn't believe how poorly it was flubbed. Like this, this was like an easy premise. <laughs> this is like pizza. Pizza's easy. Like it takes effort to screw up pizza and it took effort to screw up Booster Gold meets the Flintstones. Wow. And hey, A for effort because it took <laughs> effort and you achieved that and I have an all red cover, and that's pretty much like the only thing I can like saving grace from this thing. <laughs> well, I don't cover Chase, so I don't really <laughs> buy. He's got covers galore. I don't buy stuff for just the covers. I, I did think, this one. I think, I think the lesson here is, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So just because DC owns, you know, has these characters and these properties, doesn't necessarily mean that they should put them together. I mean, you're not always going to, you know, hit, you know, get lightning in a bottle and you're not going to get, you know, chocolate and peanut butter makes an awesome Reese's cup. Sometimes you're going to get the Flintstones meat booster cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a bummer. Cause I, I did pick that up because I like Flintstones so much and I haven't oh, I'm read sorry, it. Scott. No, I, now I know though, I'm going to probably just move it to the bottom of the pile and read other things before yeah. I get to it. Did but, you see uh, keep the receipt? <laughs> no, I'll keep it for the uh, the all red cover too. I mean, and I do like the Flintstones comic, so I don't know. You know, I'll be interested to read it just to see, you know, if I get some other impression from it. But I, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's going to go too well. I mean, if you like Booster Gold, it's a fine Booster Gold story. Yeah. Just don't call it Booster Gold meets the Flintstones, because the Flintstones got shafted in a big bad way in this thing. <laughs> uh, 
it's, and like there's a funny joke when he's in the past when he goes to the scientist and like they use eels to like for energy yeah and he's trying to fix like the time bubble and the scientist's like how many eels is that you know and it's like okay that, that was kind of funny but I don't know. Do they have in the Flintstones comic? Do they have like the little bird inside, like the telephone or whatever? And he's like, "It's 11." Yeah, oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, they have a whole um, animal concept that um, the animals uh, resent Dino because he he's the only animal in the house that doesn't have a job, and mm-hmm. and all the other, but he's the most loved, and they don't understand why, you know, like. Basically, and, and even at the beginning of the series, uh, Fred bought Dino from the appliance store, and he's like, "What does that one do?" And, he, and they're like, "Nothing." He's <laughs> like, "That's the one I want." Then, like, he basically invented the the pet, the, the, you know, the man's best friend, the domestic animal. Yeah, because he's just like, it does nothing but is there for me, you know. So that's what I want. It's like I don't want it to do anything. <laughs> is, is is it worth reading? Because um, I was at yeah. Infinity Comics in Marysville the past week, and on their shelf they still have like all of them going back to issue one. Oh man, yeah, yeah, I I love it. I mean, it's really my. I actually was gonna say like for uh, like, 20... my first thought was, ain't this thing like a hot commodity? Like should I just snatch all all these and flip them on eBay? And... I don't know. I think it's just still an underground, you know, popular. You mm-hmm. know, like it's. You know, it's still, uh, what do they call that? You know, cool before it's cool. But, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I just like, like if, let's put it this way. Remember in, remember in 2015 we wrote about our favorite book? Yeah. For the yeah. show? Yeah, I remember. And if we were going to do that for 2016, it would have been the Flintstones for me. Mm. Like it's because I love the satire. And I, I feel it's, you know, it's relevant to this day and age and the way they do it. It's just, yeah, it's well, awesome. I, I've, I've only read the very first issue, but I, I felt the same way. And I, um, the, I, I, I wanted to get the, tra- I, I think the trade just came out the past like a week or two ago. Cause you know, where, where I shop, like the, you know, I, I missed out on the early issues. So I'm just going to get the trade, but after reading the first issue, I, I thought, you know, this is a book I, I definitely want to read. It's it's funny because there's, um, it, it's, it, the whole, it's like quietly subversive. Yeah, exactly. Um, the idea of that they're the first civilization and they know that they are. And so it's, so it's observed from the, you know, from outsiders, like from, from the Cro-Magnums, they're just like, you know, I don't know what those Homo sapiens are doing over there. You know, like they don't understand it, but but like the humans are all like, we're trying something. You know, <laughs> we're trying out this thing called civilization. You know, and they're, they're like Bedrock was the first one, and they even go into like this whole thing about, um, you know, they're the part of the water buffalo, um, that they were actually veterans of the war that established Bedrock. Yeah, and they and then they. They, like they they deal with PTSD. Yeah, they, that's why they get together for their meeting. You know, to have meetings to talk about the tragedy of war. And they're 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 water buffalo. Like in the cartoon, they yeah. wore the the funny water buffalo hats to the lodge. But yeah. in the comic, like those were their their helmets. Yeah. Like like during the war, like that was part of their gear. 
That's what's amazing. That's like what the. It, it, it's just it, it's great that that they were able to take all these things that are just throwaway gags from the cartoon yeah. and turn them into something like meaningful, but without yeah. being. But but it's not heavy handed. No, you know, it, it doesn't feel like they're like they're not hitting you with it like a brick. They're it's just like I said, it's it's very sly. Yeah, and a lot of uh, I think a lot of um, issues. Some pages are I think just for the gag, and not for the story. Mm-hmm. And like he just when he's writing it, he just kind of goes off in a direction, and then you turn the page and he's back over where he, where he wanted to be. Like he just does it just to play something out funny, you know, or. You know, an observation. So it almost is like, um, you know, more like trying to read Family Circus and get a story sometimes. Um, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, Thanks, Scotty. The, the, oh, the narrative arc of, of a family circus is uh, poetry in motion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, um, if I let, sit here and let you uh, besmirch the good name plate, of Bill yeah. Keen. <laughs> the plight of, of Billy, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, his constant, you know, avoiding his family, you know. By taking the long route home, um, yeah. you know, I mean, you got, you got to read into I live it. For those, Scott, I live for following the little dots. <laughs> I know it's yeah. the best part. Um, and then who did it? Not me. And there's just like, yeah. it's just like oh, poor yeah. little like dead ghost child who's you know yeah. trying to be noticed by. Oh know. yeah, ghost child's like, yeah. Whoops, knocked the cookie jar over. I just wanted a cookie. Acknowledge yeah. my existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's Family Circus is next. There's yeah, some but, heavy stuff going on. There. Family right, Circus is is a straight up horror show. Yeah. Now <laughs> I want I that's, want Family Circus with Edge. That should be the that, grandfather. Yeah. That that should be the, the 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 plot of the next American Horror Story. The next Family. It's Circus. like the next Family Riverdale. Circus. <laughs> family <laughs> Circus Riverdale style. Give me that CW melodrama. Yeah. Family. Oh right, man. Dan, Dan, are you over uh, Riverdale? You know, um, that he's I, under it. That I, he's under it. I, I yeah, I, I brought it up briefly before you came on. I'm, I'm coming around on it. I, okay. I, I caught up after, like, I watched a couple episodes. I kind of bitched about it. Uh, then I decided to watch the next couple just to give it a fair shot. And after I watched the next couple, I felt better about it. Like I, I came around. To, I mean, it still is what it is, but I felt like it was getting better. Do you so, feel better about yourself for watching it? No, I don't know. I don't feel um, better about myself for watching any CW show. <laughs> you know what? Um, I could see that. Like I, my my thing is they need to lighten up on that show a little more. Well, that, well, that's like, what it, I said. It's it, it's yeah. too. It's they they need to balance the dark, broody, gloomy. I shit like that. With some yeah. some lighthearted Riverdale moments. Yeah, every like, scene doesn't have to end with someone yelling and storming off. Yeah, like we need some like some good-hearted Archie gang hijinks. Like like let's see these kids being kids for once instead of yeah just like just basically like and, yeah they're they're, yeah. they're they're basically already adults that just happen to be underage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's adults in high school. They're just adults that can, they're just adults that can't drink or vote. Yeah. But they can bang their music teacher apparently, and not, and you know. <laughs> Is that Mrs. Weatherby? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or so they thought. Dun dun dun. No, not. Uh, no, was it, no, not Weather. Was it Weatherby? 
No, no. Oh, no, Mrs. Weatherby. It was, um, it was, uh, yeah, what was the music teacher's name? I already what? forgot. Weatherby was the principal, wasn't he? Yeah, Weatherby's the principal, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I'm blanking Sorry, on my a little rusty on my Archie. Uh, I'm blanking on yeah, her name. Yeah. Uh, Grundy, Miss Grundy. Oh, uh, Grundy, that's right. Born that's on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm, but that's I, I'm I'm really behind on all the CW shows. I was just telling Jared that I caught up with the Flash this week, and I'm still I behind did. on Arrow and Supergirl, and I'm still just completely giving up on Legends. I gave up on everything except for. Um, Flash, so okay. But that music episode almost had me leaving. Uh, oh, I liked it. Because see, I did. I liked it because that was the first episode that didn't deal with Savitar. I'm so well, sick of Savitar. True. I am too. I'm I'm so over this Savitar. It's like, you know, it's Shadow like Hawk. you have Savitar theories. No. Yeah, Shadowhawk. Jim here, Valentino. Is no, here's. Here's 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 my here's my solution. You want to save Iris? Send her on vacation. Get her out of the city. But don't you see they'll always bring her back? And, and, and first of all, for... okay, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna go in. I'm gonna go all in now. All since, right. Since <laughs> this Duke, is rant night. Duke opened up the floodgates. Okay. Um, it wasn't before you got here, Scott. Uh oh. Duke just brings it out. Yeah, it kind of was. All right. Um, Savitar. Uh, okay. I'm sick of the I'm sick of the storyline. I'm I don't like his look. He looks like a Michael Bay transformer. He doesn't yeah. look like the he doesn't look like a god of speed. Yeah, I was gonna say a nineties villain. Big bulky glowing armor. Yeah. He doesn't look like a god of speed. He looks no. like he looks like a a like a transformer that they left on the cutting room floor. Right. Um. And yeah, I'm I I just really looking forward to this season just wrapping up yeah because this, yeah it's actually this I'm has not been my, yeah this has not been my favorite season yeah i'm giving it till the end of the season as well but and then that well, might it will resolve itself by then, i would imagine i liked the musical episode because um because it was because it was a break from the savitar bullshit true. um i like the crossover between the shows i think i i love whenever Supergirl and the Flash get together because it's like they get to have fun again. Yeah. Like, you know, whereas, like, kind of reminds me when they first both started, like, everything was just fresh and fun. And, like, remember when Barry used to enjoy being the Flash in season one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like when whenever he and Kara get together, it's like two old buddies get, you know, having right, a great time. Yeah. Um, so... And you know, and almost everyone in on on um, in that sh in that cast has some sort of musical or theater or Broadway background, so it was kind of easy for them to like um, do this show. Like my, everyone my... had both um, Grant Gustin and uh, Melissa Benoist. Um, they were in Glee. Yeah, I I, I will say that I I was actually I was okay with the singing. I just thought that. I thought the episode was uneven. Oh, it like, was it was totally unnecessary. It was just yeah, yeah it, it was superfluous as all get. It was it was yeah. indulgent. It was yeah, very self indulgent. But that's but, yeah. what I mean is that it should have went. It should have been more like it. Like it seemed like they had uh, what two songs at the two or three songs at the beginning, and then it seemed like nothing, and then they finally had a song at the end. 
You know, like, you know I what I mean? Like, it just seemed kind of... <laughs> I did like, like Super Friend. The, the, the song that, that Flash and Supergirl oh, sang yeah. together. Su- yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Friends. Yeah. That was pretty funny. You know, like... Um, but, you, you know, when you go to see a, a musical, the whole thing, it's usually a couple words, a couple some dialogue, and then they go into another song. Where this, I felt like they got away from the musical for a while, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to have to follow this really stinky plot line around, <laughs> you know, until a song comes up again. And it was almost like, um, I know, I'm just shooting holes in it, but... When um, in Rome. Yeah, but it was almost like, um, whose line is it anyway, you know, where it's very improv um, I don't know. Hey, you know what I liked? We're still good. The I liked the uh, recent um, Superman storyline between uh, Superman and Action, where they. Uh, oh, okay. Said, did you read those, Scott? Did you see that? No. Um, oh, well, they, maybe... they answered the question of who uh, was the other Clark Kent. Oh they, yeah. Uh, they saw. They answered the question of where did this Superman and Lois come from. Yeah, I saw it on. Um, I actually, I think, read it on Bleeding Cool or something. Oh, you didn't read the books? I didn't. I haven't been reading them, so. Oh, I thought you were reading them. Okay. No. Are you reading them, Dan? Uh, I was reading Superman. I'm I'm behind. Okay, then I but won't I, say anymore. But I but I, I I pretty much heard. I'm like, I mean, you can talk about. It. I I pretty much know what's going on. I've. Okay. There's other shows I listen to that have discussed it, so. So you know the involvement of Mr. Mixias Pitalik in the red and blue, and. Uh, I don't know all the details, but basically. I'll just leave it at that. I was, I'll keep it broad strokes. I don't need to. Okay. I need to get into this. <laughs> but um, no, I, I liked what they did. It was very. I'm, there's still some question. Right, when I think about it a lot, my head starts to hurt because it still kind of doesn't make sense to me. Um. But I, I did appreciate what they did. I thought it was a cool storyline. It was a novel use of of a character we I haven't seen very in a long time in a Superman comic. Um, and then it did reestablish a new status quo while maintaining like everything that worked yeah. uh, from it previously. Because they've done their first issue of like the next storyline that came out this week and. Uh, like everything you loved about it's still there. It's just now they've, you know, integrated the new Fifty Two and this Superman that we've known and sort of solved that riddle. Okay. But how exactly yeah. there was, as you've probably heard, Dan, they were split, and how exactly that all came about, and I'm assuming is tied into Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, that's. This is what, like, I think if anybody's itching to find out, um, yeah, the Watchmen's angle, that's the books to read right now. And then, Which, uh, the, uh, the upcoming issues of Batman and the Flash uh, this month, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the, the, with the lenticular covers. Yes. I believe. Uh, they're doing that again? Yeah. But oh, just for, like, those. But just for two issues, not yeah, not for, for the whole line. Okay. Like, just two books, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to hopefully not be crazy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, ah! Yeah. No, no, (laughs) just those two. Because it shows, like, Batman holding the button and then the Flash holding the button, so when you switch it, it's like... 
it, it's those two. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I think, how long are we into Rebirth? Has it been a year? Not quite a year? Yeah, um, no, it's been, has it been? Ten months, maybe? You know what's, it's hard to, it's hard to say because some of the books are like twice Yeah, a see, I'm, I'm confused uh, because. I think because... it's ten months. I read Superman, it's on issue 20. So if it's two, yeah. and it's two issues a month, so I'm going to say when it gets to 24, that's a year. Yeah, it's then, uh, uh, May May 25th, 2016. Okay, mm. so we're still a year and change away from this whole yep. storyline resolving itself too. Yep. So I imagine it's it's now hitting probably, probably with these Batman Flash issues, it's probably hitting it's like second arc, second act, excuse me. Yeah, of this overall storyline. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the DC books way more than the Marvel books. Uh, they interest me on a, overall. Yeah. Well, you know, Marvel, you know, with their whole, you know, I, I can't think of, I can't remember now. But like this week, uh, that guy basically yeah. said, yeah, yeah, said some something stupid, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They not they're not being honest with themselves. They are not. They are not. They um. You can't. Let's put it this way. Like that comparison. Like they're like, oh, um, what is it? They just wanted. They're like, hey, we thought this was working, so we wanted our whole line to be like this. Oh, was well, that someone who said like the diversity is actually hurting the company or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And, and they said because we saw it working with this book and this book and this book, uh, we thought people wanted more diversity books, so we made more, and now it's not working, and we don't know why. Well, it's, it's like it's you, yeah, you strangled one good idea to death. Exactly, because they could they could just change that word. Like, hey, we wanted to make we have you know Walking Dead. People, we have a successful horror. Well, that's story. been Marvel for the last yeah decade. You, you could probably say you know, first it was events. Hey, people like events, so now everything. Yeah, is mm-hmm. exactly. You know, it's they the house of one idea, and then they just milk it. That right sounds into, like they. Excuse me, yeah. metaphors here. It sounds yeah, like, they're, like just, they're listening to the the internet instead of the you know the readers. Yeah, they need they need a, a pretty drastic shakeup. I think it's time to uh, shuffle the, the clean out the house of ideas. There we I go. Think, yeah, that's a good way to put it too. And uh, it might be time to bring in some new blood. To, uh, just tell good stories. Tell good stories first thing, first and foremost. And that's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Let's go back to Bendis on New Avengers. I think that was a novelty of the New Avengers, but ultimately it was like good stuff. There was like they were telling good stories, but the stories they were telling back in like 2005, 2006, whatever, that era is gone. Like we all kind of like to see that like grounded superhero story. I think that's yeah. just where the the zeitgeist was back then. Yeah. Um, but times have changed. Yeah, and that shit just don't work anymore. Now we're we're now into the reconstruction era of superheroes. That's, I mean, look the Marvel movies for Christ's yeah. sake. <laughs> you know, are are bright and shiny. I mean, I don't read the Marvel books, so I don't know what their tones like. I think for me, what it turns me off is everything's a new number one. Everything's an event. That's exact. That's a, that's where they're missing it too. Because when they did the. Um... Uh, the multiverse storyline where all the all the Earths were smashed together into Battle World. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, "Oh, that's over, and we're gonna restart." And then like half the books just went back to where they were, and the other half were like, "Oh, it's completely new." I was just done. I was like, "I just can't, 
I can't follow all this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you, you basically, it's like trying, it's like trying to play checkers and somebody upset the board and then they're like, oh no, it's back. It's like, no, the game's over. King me, you, know? you flipped the board. Yeah, you King flipped me. the board. Yeah. It's like, well, no, we put the pieces back where they were, except for a couple. It's like, no, we're over. Way, we're done. Yeah. I mean, there's been some gems yeah. in there. You like that Vision book, wasn't that something? I don't that was know. Good? There, were, there, were, there have been some. Yeah, Vision was really good. Um, I, Here's... I, I, I enjoyed. You know, I read like maybe the first dozen issues of Daredevil, and I liked that. Um, Power Man and Iron Fist. See, I, I think what it is is the individual character books are still pretty good, like Power Man yeah. and Iron Fist, Moon Knight. Um, yeah, like they're She Hulk, you know, Spi- whatever. Um, Spider Woman. Like I, I think the books that they leave alone and maybe are deemed like not super, um, imp- like not important to the integrity of the overall. You know, they're not X Men books. They're not Avengers okay. books. You know, like these smaller character driven um, comics or titles that they actually let the creators tell their stories. Those are great. But it's it's when you get into like the books that are tied into like the Avengers and the X Men and the mm. you know that's when things really get screwed up because everything um, is part of an event or part of some bigger story. Uh, I, yeah, I actually just read um, four Marvel books, like four number ones, and I didn't realize that's what I was about to do, but. Um... I got these books, and they have um, they have a, like a monster cover poster thing happening. Okay. So like you put all four to- all four books together, it makes a neat looking monsters cover. And um, and so like the but the titles themselves were Death of X number one, Champions number one, Cage number one, and Jessica Jones number one. And I read them all, and the only one I would even take from that pile is um, Jessica Jones. Like that, I thought was you know decent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Death of X just angered me, and I'll tell you the biggest reason why is because they killed off Multiple Man. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, what? Like how do you kill off Jamie Madrox? And I'm like, wait, is this real? Like I'm like reading it, like is, when did this come out? And I'm like, it came out in December, and I'm like. This is this is awful, but um, that's the, that coming back to the point of this, um, Death of X, that's what's wrong with Marvel right now, is is that whole um, Terrigen Mist Cloud, and putting the Inhumans against the X Men, and they mm-hmm. want they want people to like the Inhumans, like why do you have them fighting every the X Men that everybody loves? You know what I mean? Like as a reader, I mean, they're sure. You know, both unpopular in the Marvel U, but for the readers, I want the X Men to win. I don't care about the Inhumans. And um, it's just, you know, I think that's the bigger thing. There is that no one cares about the Inhumans. Nobody does. They they don't have the X Men for the movies and the TV show, so they need to use Inhumans. Yeah, and 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 that is really what sucks because the Inhumans always worked better when they were kind of that mysterious just only showed up once in a while type of group right. of characters. And yeah, it sucks that there's no 
there's no mutants that the the movies and TV shows can use, but it's like trying to force feed us in humans, both like yeah. in the comics and in on TV. Like it's you know we love these characters because we've grown with them. We've like they've evolved with us over the past 20, 30 years. Like yeah. that's why we love these books and that's why we love these characters. And the Inhumans were just like the was this fringe group of characters that we only they were only ever like supporting characters in like the Fantastic Four and things like that. Like we never really got true Inhumans stuff until like you know maybe like the 2000s i think you know once they kicked off marvel knights i think there might have been a couple like a inhumans book or two but but you know there's a reason why nobody cares about the inhumans it's not that we don't want to it's just that we just don't because we don't know them and, and, and you can't make us care about something that we don't know right and that that also felt fake in that story how they had portrayed them more like a um like a fun, a fun group when the appeal of the Inhumans has always been that they're so awkward, you know, that they really are. Yeah. They're more awkward than the mutants. Well, and not only that, I mean, they're, they're, they, they ride this fine line between being freaks and being like a, a Royal court or a Royal family. Like within their walls they are royalty like they are the gold yeah. standard of their people but yeah you know, and that, so right. they, they they never play that up they never play up the fact that you know like the inhumans have this royal family um but then they're also considered these weirdos the uh it seems like that's why they've you know they brought the inhumans down from the moon um, and they invented this cloud so that they could have, so that they could invent characters that were um, more like regular people. You know, like mm-hmm. that's I think what they really are after here is to try to make, create relatable characters be, through this bizarre storyline, because the mutants already had that end. Mm-hmm. I think the mutants were already born. Hey, you know, yeah, I'm just a kid that goes to school, but now I have, you know laser eyes right um, so now with the where the inhumans it was always weird because uh it was like a birthright thing on the moon where they're like you're at the certain age where you walk through the mist mm-hmm. and whatever you come out as is your true form it was special and it was special yeah you know and now it's like oh anybody you know it's almost like playing the lottery and like somebody gets picked in a town yeah you know oh the clouds come in this way let's stand and watch I'll- I'll say this, then maybe we can we can move on. I think the only good thing that's come out of Marvel force feeding us all this Inhumans crap is uh, the new Ms. Marvel. Oh yeah, Camilla Khan. Yeah, she's she's the only good thing that was that was a result of the false you like you know them like trying to get us to like. The Inhumans. Yeah. Um, I did not realize she was an Inhuman. Well, she she, wow, was, she she was exposed to the the Terrigen Mist. Mist. 
She, oh, okay. It, 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 it's just like you said, Scott. She was a normal teenage girl. Right. Who, you know, the the, the Terrigen Mist, you know, hit her, her small, her, her town in New Jersey. Yeah. And then she was, she was changed. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, and that's, that's a book worth reading. I mean, all the, all the hype that you might, you see about that book, it's all true. Like, that's like they've actually put their heart and soul into that character and it's 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 well worth you know picking up a trade or reading it however you read it but you know that if they would just do more stuff like that like you know let creators create you know yeah. let them do what they are paid to do and what they love to do and what they're good at let them create stories and let them make yeah, great instead. art instead of, you know, these corporate and editorial mandates that right. have to match movies and TV shows and, and toys and video games. It's like, let's just get back to making good comics. Yeah. But yeah, the ideas should, the ideas should flow from the comic to the other medias and not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. But, tail wagging the dog. So yeah. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As as we all know that you know the money is not in the comics. Yeah. Right. I mean but that's the idea should be. Yeah. yeah the, that's where the source material is, but the seeds. <laughs> yeah. But but the, um, just uh, for mm-hmm. just for a uh, footnote, um, Ale- or Axel Alonso is the editor in chief now. Um, but oh, John. Okay. Yeah, but Joe Joey. You is the chief creative officer. Oh, okay. So he's still there. Yeah. Okay. He is still he's still a part of it, but yeah, um, Axel is the uh, main is the EIC. Gotcha. So, yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Um, it happens. <laughs> well, so so all that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk real quick about a uh, a Marvel book that I read recently. Um, and ironically enough, it, you know, it has a TV show out now, but that's uh, the new Iron Fist book. Yeah. came out a couple weeks ago. Um, written by um, Ed Brisson and art by Mike Perkins. I was I was actually excited to see Mike Perkins' name because um, he, was a, he was an artist that I, I really enjoyed a few years ago. He shared the art duties on the um, on Captain America with um, Steve Epting when Ed Brubaker was writing it and 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 he also did this really great um, Union Jack miniseries and I mean and I mean the guy's been around forever I mean he's he's done a lot of great books but uh, just as I was really enjoying his work he signed an exclusive deal to work on you know all those like multiple miniseries that came out for um, The Stand, like all the Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Like the comic versions of The Stand that came out. Like he signed this exclusive deal to draw all these comics just based exclusively on The Stand. Oh, wow. And I guess that's over. I guess that's finished now because he's back on, you know, just regular Marvel comics and... Um, he hasn't really lost a step. I mean, it's it, it looks different than what it looked like when he was doing Cap. Like it was a lot tighter. 
when he was yeah. doing Captain America, but that was a very different type of book than, say, like a Iron Fist Kung Fu book. Um, it's 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 a little looser, it's a little scratchier, but it still looks really nice. Uh, and so, first issue of Iron Fist, it um, it's well, it's basically it's it's a story of a of of Danny Rand, who's the Iron Fist. He's he's broken. He's kind of this broken guy, and he's, you know, throughout the first half of the issue, he's basically on this journey to rediscover himself, to rediscover what makes him the Iron Fist, and to and to get his chi back. Like, to get his... He, he, he doesn't have the Iron Fist. I don't really know yeah. what happened. It, they, they never say what happened. I don't know if anything actually did happen, because, because before this, uh, I believe the only... Instant, you know, uh, instance of oh, um, Iron Fist being in the Marvel U was the Power Man and Iron Fist series. Because I think um, Kun is a Kunlun, where he's from, mm -hmm. was attacked and destroyed while he was gone, and I think that the his power derived from that as well as his focus. I think that's part of it. That might be. I don't know. I'd have to check. Double check. I don't that, know. I yeah. think that's why he doesn't like he's lost. He feels it slipping away. In that well, he, yeah. Well, well, he doesn't. Yeah. I, I mean, he he doesn't have it at all, or at least he doesn't use it at all in that first issue. But it, it's yeah. it's very much like um, it's kind of down and dirty. It, it kind of it's like um, you know it's, it's him going just traveling from country to country from you know from underground fight club to from you know to the next just um betting ungodly amounts of money just to fight all these all these guys just to i i think you know just to try and feel what it's you know he's he's trying to get his get you know get the iron fist back trying to get his chi back but none of it's working and then he is approached at the end by uh, this mysterious person who you know, who offers to, you know, to help him. And, and that means getting on this old looking boat and going to this, uh, an, this ancient city that was, I think thought of as a myth, but that's where he's going. Actually, it's, it's very much like the, uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. Oh where, yeah, it really where, is. Where, uh, where, <laughs> uh, Christopher Lambert, you know, picks up all the, uh, all the, you know, He's Johnny Cage. Johnny and, Cage, yeah. And <laughs> Sonya Blade and whatever. They all go on the boat to the island. Um, <laughs> but that that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the, the first issue is pretty straightforward. Um, you don't really need to know a lot going in. It's a very different Iron Fist characterization than the last thing I read, which was the Power Man and Iron Fist book, which was... Had had definitely had a lighter tone to it, and, and of course, you know, anytime Power Man and Iron Fist are get together, it's like a like a buddy comedy basically. But but it was like an urban, it was also like an urban like street, yeah, story, but um, but, but definitely a lighter tone. This one is is very much, like I said, dark, and it's you know down and dirty and yeah, but. I, I enjoyed it. I'd probably check out the you know probably gonna check out the second issue to see where it goes. 
Yeah, I, I read it as well, and I, I, I dug it, and I, I'm actually reading some of the old issues. Um, I had a stockpile of Iron Fist, and I started watching the Netflix show as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought as, you know, kind of a fun thing it would be, like, to watch episodes of it while I'm reading all these back issues. And um, it's it's a wild ride, and sometimes trying to decide, you know, like, it seems like the Netflix show is all about who is Danny Rand, um, and I'm only three episodes in, because it's boring. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm I'm like maybe nine in. Wow, yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like it, it has some problems. Hours, so probably. But um, no, but I, you know, I mean, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. But at the same time, I'm like, this feels like more than an hour. Like this episode that I just watched feels like an hour and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, yeah, I had two super old issues. Um, Chris Claremont era Iron Fist, and they're from like the seventies. And I'm like this, and John Byrne. I was gonna say, I thought Claremont and Byrne worked on yeah, these together. These are really good. Like, these two issues that I, I just happen to be issues seven and nine of, you know, whatever series, like the original series. But they're really great. Like, great characterization. Uh, Misty Knight's in it. Scarf is in it, who appears in uh, in um, Power Man, in Luke Cage, I mean. Oh, okay. And um, I was like, all right, this is cool. And then uh, jump fast forward to... Um, to uh, the early years of Joe Quesada at Marvel, and an Iron Fist uh, story called Breathless. And I feel like I read this in about, it's six issues, but I feel like I read it in like five minutes. Like mm-hmm. it was pretty light. Pretty light reading, pretty pretty weak story. Like I just, I was like, why did they even make this? Like I, you know, and I just kind of moved on from it. And then... Um, and then I started reading. This is how far I've gotten now. This is where I caught, I'm at. Um, the Immortal Iron Fist. Uh, uh, Brewbreaker. Uh, Brewbreaker and Fraction and David Aja. Mm-hmm. Yep. First six issues. I read that. Um, a lot better. Like a, a lot more, I think, in line with what the character's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was good. But um, I almost feel like I want to go back and read. Um, like the 70s stuff to really get a sense of, you know, get a good baseline on Iron Man because I feel like the show isn't, the show isn't doing it right. Um, I feel like the books are pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's a character that people don't really have nailed down. So Even the people making the show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't know if it's like it almost feels like an origin story in some ways that he's not himself yet. But I'm like, I'm watching yeah. it. I'm like, this is the guy who like won the the title of Iron Fist and couldn't learn it, and like gets his ass kicked by just random people. It's like, what kind of like posers did they have in couldn't learn that this kid yeah. like this guy punched a dragon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but we'll, and, well, I don't want to say anything. You guys are still working through it. Okay, please don't. 
But um, yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm holding out. I, I keep holding out hope. It's there's like moments where it's like, all right, this is kind of taking advantage of what being a Marvel Netflix show, you know, affords them, and then doesn't take advantage of it. I don't know. It's just it, it's lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think casting an Asian person in the lead would change a damn thing either. No. Yeah. Uh, every, yeah all the complaining about whitewashing, it, it doesn't apply here. No, because yeah. this is it, it, this is beyond that. This is too deep in the in the in the mix. This is the writing. This is above just who's playing the role. It's how it's being written and directed, and not even how it's performed. Maybe how it's performed. I don't know. But it, I, it's lacking a, a, a grit. You know that what? The my, other shows seem to have. You know what I think it's missing is I think I think it's missing a budget. Yeah. Um, I think that right there is like they're they're basically like we can we'll let you you know for this episode you know episode three or whatever his fist lights up you know and like (laughs) that's their budget for special effects yeah and it's and And that's it i don't know i I kind of semi-spoiler scott and i don't know i'm not in i thought for sure there'd be one episode of young danny Rand being trained in kun lun exactly yeah they no there, there hasn't been. And, and that's I'm what, doubting that there's going to be. See, and I think that's why, you know, like with the you, budget. You get little flashes here and there, but there's, yeah, like I wanted, little. I wanted like a full episode of watching him going like. Yeah. Right. And that would have took trained. him off. That would have taken him off location wherever they were, you yeah. know, like in New York. And they probably had, they basically had that boardroom, you know, like Meacham's. And then, and then they have his, uh, her house. You know, Danny's, you know, young house in the park. And then that's it. And that's how. Yeah. It's just, and, and I guess that's kind of, you know, it, it's these Marvel shows are the street level heroes, but Iron Fist isn't a street level hero. Yeah. It, and it's, a, it's a little above the street and you can't force them down into the street. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone could be craftier with making it work and the approach. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm, well, I, you know, like, um, Luke Cage also was like, uh, you know, very uh, limited in its um, locations, but they still, at least, you know, they went yeah. out to the farm once, you know, at least. But yeah, I feel that 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 all worked though. Like he was it did yeah. They made that work, and by with the who they cast to perform the roles the way it was written. I think they that one was very much more I don't know I guess confident in its execution. I feel like looking back on all of them, that's the one I've enjoyed the most so far. Because I really liked, yeah, how they um, mixed the the music with you know with the mm-hmm. what's going on, the tone, um, you know, well, even his suaveness kind of thing. I like the first. I like the first half of Luke Cage, and then the second half kind of fell apart for me. Oh, when they just basically switch villains. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the only disappointing. Like, I was like, why didn't you stick with him? Like, with Cottonmouth, he was awesome. And they're like, no, here's a big bad guy that we want him to fight at the end. Yeah, fair enough. I was like, oh, bummer. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> it, Iron Fist for me is definitely the weakest of the bunch. Although I am looking forward to Defenders. There was, yeah, yeah. We were talking about trailers coming out. There was a teaser for that. Um, oh, I did week. see that. So it looks like August is when Defenders will drop. Yep. Based on what was supposedly clues in that little teaser video. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it'll be it'll be a fun little fun little show. Yeah. They said it's only going to be eight episodes. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Which th- they should all be eight episodes. Yeah, they, they don't all need to be thirteen. No, they... I noticed that when Jessica Jones had a filler episode, I'm like, why the fuck is there filler? Right. In this, you don't have to meet. Like they set some arbitrary number and, that's... and force themselves to meet it. And that's the they other too. Just the budgetary thing is, you know, you can do a lot more if you only have eight episodes. Like as far as like, hey, we want another location. Everything is like, more fine. That way too. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to draw stuff out. You don't have yeah. to insert filler. Yeah. You don't have to have boardroom discussions. Yeah, they go no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, and it's weird. Like these characters in Iron Fist, like I, I you like, I mean, these are very unlikable characters, and I get through when I'm supposed to like them, and then we're kind of supposed to like them, but like they don't feel trustworthy. Ah, it's just ground up. It's got problems. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've got it out of my system. Thanks. Yeah, guys. I feel like we got a lot. <laughs> it's very, a lot very, of, uh, it's very cathartic. Yeah, yeah it's a very, very cathartic episode. <laughs> uh, well, does anyone have any other? We I feel like we didn't really talk many books this week, but does anyone have any? I think we got them in. I think you'd be go back you know, and listen. They're, they're, they we snuck them in there. At least I. Yeah, did. I stu- you know I st- I I made comment. Yeah, yeah. I got my number ones in there with the monster covers. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to mention real quick um uh new from Val- well not well new I think as of last week. Uh Exo Man of War number 1 from Valiant. It's a uh, Matt Kent and Tomas Giarello. Um this was okay, so I'll I'll basically just boil it down to it's the um it's Unforgiven or Old Man Logan in Space. <laughs> nice. Slash, imagine if um, William Wallace, you know, like Braveheart, got his hands on Iron Man's armor. Oh, nice. And, and then fought <laughs> in a in an alien civil war. So, very, very good, very good issue. Um, there was a... Like a, I think at least a 50 issue run of Exo Man of War prior to this, um, from the that Valiant put out a couple years ago. Um, you don't have to have read any of that. You can just pick this up and start reading it. It was a lot of fun. And he's got the uh-huh. Rick, he's got the Rick Grimes thing going on where he's only got one hand. So. Oh, okay. And he's got a he's got a stump on the other. <laughs> hey, what? A, <laughs> back off to back off to Iron Fist. But what happened to Misty Knight? And she has a cybernetic arm like what happened when did that happen that's always been that's been from like the 70s oh really yeah See, that, i had no idea that's old school okay because i did not realize that yeah until i saw some new issue well and and that was and um in that episode of luke cage where she and claire were trapped in the the basement of the nightclub and she was shot in the arm and was losing blood. Oh yeah. There was, you know, there was all kinds of talk like, Oh, is, is she going to lose her arm? And is this, is she eventually going to get a, a cybernetic arm to replace it somehow? Like uh, it's from like Tony Stark or something. And yeah, but she didn't lose the arm at least, you know, not in this right volume. Well, 
Well, she might, yeah, she might go for the, like, the, you know, Cole, Phil Coulson upgrade, you know, know, where she just has, like, hey, it looks like skin, but it's got a repulsor ray in it, you know, <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. um, and on that note, anyone have anything else? I guess we're we're getting close to wrapping it up. Uh, picks uh, is this Sunday? There it is. Picks. Jeez, I figured I figured Jared would have the the first fifteen minutes of the show for picks. Well, we well, did. Scott, you were <laughs> oh, okay. here for the first thirty minutes of the show. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I picked up I picked up the flyer today. And just because I knew Jared's artwork was in it, it is I, was in like, it. I was like, I must have one. Yeah. So. If you want more, you just say the word. All right. <laughs> if you want He's more like, of last year's too, you just say the word. There's <laughs> more where that came from. You need to uh, pay the for your of my car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan, you're moving soon. Do you need something to stuff boxes that are cushion your china? <laughs> I actually have a stack of. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con, uh, like old Pittsburgh Comic Con flyers. So we're good. <laughs> One last thing I'll say about uh, picks: go to the picks like um, Facebook, Twitter, pickscomics.org, whatever. There was a very nice write up by um, Next Pittsburgh. Oh, go to you know what? Screw all that. Go to the Comic Book Pits Facebook page because Dan, you posted a yeah, link to that article. I did. I posted. Like I, giving I, all these other people uh, Facebook. traffic. <laughs> Give us the traffic. Yeah, it's it, it's on our Facebook page, and I and I pinned it to the top of our Twitter account. Yeah. Because I I kind of like having that there. It, it's kind of one of those good for all seasons type of links. Yeah. 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 That's that's information that will never go out of style. Um, I'm not going to be able to go on Sunday. So, Jared, good luck. Get out now. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. I'll be in, I'll be in Ohio, so. <laughs> I won't be at another another show happening also this weekend, or another are show. You, are you exhibiting? No shows. No, I. Uh, it's a family. Oh, I thought you said you will be. Not, no, not no, I will not. Yeah, I will not be attending any shows this weekend for uh, in the Pittsburgh area. So. Such as what? But if I were... I would go to picks. <laughs> so be go in lieu of Scott. Be Scott's proxy. Yeah, there you go. Be the Duke's picks proxy. And if we like your your spiel about it, we'll have you on the show. No, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's not guaranteed. That is not guaranteed. <laughs> or come to picks. Say hello. So I'll bring the recorder. I'll bring bring the mobile podcast machine. There you go. And. uh Come talk to me and, and tell me what you think, and then and then you know what? Screw it. You can be you can be on the episode. you can be on two fifty, maybe like two fifty one. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Now is um is, is I haven't talked to him about it. Is Sean Atkins going to be there? If he is, he's not exhibiting. Okay, uh, he'll oh, okay. be there as a civilian. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't know the cities. Okay. Um, I guess I'll I'll make a quick announcement. Uh, just to check out if you know if you're ever on our actual website comicbookpit.com uh I started a new feature a couple weeks ago called past present and future and uh it's where we have uh sent uh creators just uh some brief uh simple questions and they have 
you know, giving us their answers, and we post them once a week. So uh, this week we had uh, web cartooning pro Brad Geiger uh, was nice enough to to participate, and the week before that we had a local artist and writer Tim Amar give us uh, you know his two cents on things. So you know, check those out. We've got we've got more in the can and more coming from you know from all different levels of people. We've got some pros that are doing it and we've got some um you know some local people and some professionals in the industry that maybe aren't necessarily creators but you know work in the industry so so keep an eye out for that nice yeah it's very neat okay i'm not just saying that (laughs) and i'm not saying it in an eddie haskell kind of way (laughs) okay well i guess we can wrap this one up this has been uh, extra long, another extra long episode of Comic Book Pit. This is episode 249. Next is 250. What? And I know. Um, <laughs> the march to 250 concludes. <laughs> okay, I'm Dan. I'm Scott. I'm Jared. And we will see you next time. <laughs>